Good, mor good morning. Good morning. How'd you like that snow we had yesterday? Huh? No? <laughs> I have some announcements as I welcome you this morning. First of all, to remind you that this afternoon we have at 4 o'clock the Council of Ministries will meet. Confirmation class will be held at 4.30. The rest of the regular programming will meet tonight. We want to remind you about the mon money that's due for the Greenville Road Warriors hockey game on March the 1st. And also the other information about that, I believe, is in the bulletin. I want to uh, let you know that that is also, though, the, the Greenville District Stop Hunger Now campaign. They also were, um, that night at the hockey game, they're part of that. And so... Um, you will probably see other Methodists there. We did not know it when we was planning this, so we didn't get part, we weren't, were not part of that uh, block of tickets. But um, anyway, there, there is uh, gonna be some information there that night about the Stop Hunger Now campaign in the district. And if you, uh, you may want to bring a dollar or two for, to drop off uh, at the uh, site there because they will be collecting uh, money for that, which is a district uh, project coming up in April, like the one that was held here last year. Also, I wanted to say briefly, they're going to say more about this in the um, children's time, but I want to say briefly something about the, this Lenten, special Lenten offering that we're starting today, and we'll, we'll bring our little arcs. This is a little arc a bank that you have to put together. It's flat. But I'm physically challenged, so I couldn't put it together before <laughs> before here to show you how to do it. But there is instructions there to do it. Anyway, makes a little bank. And uh, then there's these calendars that have information and stuff about the, the offering. And uh, they're really cute. And even if you don't have a, any children, maybe you can do We really hope the whole congregation will participate. And, or maybe you can take some for a grandchild or whatnot. But uh, this stuff is back there, I think, is where it's at, and they're going to talk about more in the children's sermon. But what I wanted to tell you is this. I don't know how many of you know, but Leanna Morris is, uh, has this uh, project that she's working on to build a church in a third-world country, and I'm convinced she'll raise the amount of money that she needs to do for this. Well, this would provide an ark. If we raise $5,000 to this Lenten offering, it will provide an ark full of animals and... and uh, uh, livestock and so forth and so on plus the training for that for a village and what we're hoping to do is co coordinate these two things so that the that the wherever village the church is built that memorial also delivers an ark full of uh, of these uh, animals and things uh, self-sustaining things which is also the thing that the Shannon children are selling the candy for this year, except theirs is the seedling and seeds program. We're trying to coordinate it all together. Wouldn't it be wonderful how what a difference we could make if it all went to the same village? And then we were talking about maybe we take a mission trip from Memorial over there and see what we did and see how we can help. Anyway, so that's what we're hoping to do. Hope everybody participate in all these projects. There is information, like I said, about the project in the calendar, so don't forget to pick up a calendar and a bank on your way out. And we'll return them on Palm Sunday. That's when we plan to return them, okay? All right, let us begin our worship together.
Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O God, our Deliverer, guide now the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Let us join together in that ancient affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated, let our children come forward during our children's time. project yet? No? Well, you know that um, when the whole world flooded, we had the, the last children's sermon that we were up here. Um, she was telling you about how the whole world flooded because everyone wasn't very nice. So Jesus God let Noah bring two of every clean and unclean animal to bring on the ark. And by, by bringing those animals, when, when after 40 days and 40 nights were over, the flood was gone and all the animals went out and... Um, they, they reproduced and they allowed people to have farms and wonderful places again. And one really cool thing is that our church is allowing people that don't have much of anything to have the same thing that we had. I mean, look at all of the animals in the world now. They're all there because of those two animals of every kind. Isn't that cool? I think it's awesome. Well, one cool thing that we're doing is that each week we get to look at different things. Like we have um, the 
the people that we're donating to, they're going to get um, bees and cows and goats and chickens. What else? And they get water buffaloes and rabbits and fish and guinea pigs and bison and bulls and camels and ducks and geese and llamas. Isn't that awesome? I think it's really cool. Um, but what we're doing is that we have these arcs that we're going to put up in our house. And um, each day, we're going to put a little bit of money in here. And it, it tells us um, what, you know, it's like 10 cents or 25 cents. And at the end, we get to see how much money we got to put in here and what kind of animals um, these people are going to get, which is really cool. And I'm going to give each of you a bank and a calendar. And I have some goodies. Here's a calendar. And we have a cool bank. Here's a bank. All right. Um, pray with me. God. wonderful animals so that they can provide for their families. All right. Now, whenever we go out, um, we're all going to grab a one of these little banks, and we're all going to grab a calendar, and we're going to make sure that we remember to put our money in there every day so that we can give the people these awesome animals so they can take care of their families, okay? Um. you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O God, from the beginning, you have watched over us. You are our refuge, our fortress. You protect and deliver your beloved who now come this day to lift up our thanksgiving, to offer our praise, our prayers, and our petitions. And yet we must confess that even though you've told us not to be afraid, we're often very fearful. You've told us that you would supply every need and we live as though we must go to and fro at all times to scratch out our existence. We look to our own devices for strength rather than relying on your promises. We seek the powers of this world rather than the reward of faith. But we are reminded this day that you've promised that those who call upon your name will be saved. And so, O oh God, this day, you who are Lord of heaven and earth, we pray and ask that you would save us from our sin. As we begin this Lenten journey and as, uh, as we begin to think about and self-examine ourselves as we give up and take on new responsibilities. Uh, fill us, O oh Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Help us to open our minds and our hearts to allow your word to make us new. Give us the courage to resist temptation, to renounce evil, and to confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord. Guide us by your grace that as we do works of mercy, we might take no delight in them except as they glorify you. And as we study your word, may it guide us in the way of peace. May your word be a power to heal the sick. Let your truth be a shining light of hope to those who are discouraged. May your abiding presence be a consolation to those in despair and a comfort to those who mourn. Oh Lord, we lift up to you each and every one who are listed on our prayer concerns. And we pray for those who are, who are precious to us that might not be listed there or things that have come up. And we pray now from those things in our heart. Oh Lord, you are a generous person. And we know that you're generous to all who call upon your name. So we pray that you would generously grant all that we ask in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. To, as we pray that prayer that he taught us to pray with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
And now let our ushers come forward as we continue our worship with our giving.
Please be seated. Let me give you a correction in the bulletin while I have it. The last hymn is 557, not 555, okay? 557, not 555. As I said earlier, this is the first Sunday in Lent. We had a fairly uh, good size crowd for Ash Wednesday. I was very, very pleased with it. The, the first Sunday in Lent, uh, Scripture leads us uh, to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, began at verse 1. Give attention now to the reading of God's Word. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. Now this occurred right after Jesus is uh, presenting himself to John the Baptist uh, and, and being baptized. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil then led Jesus up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil then led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him. It says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until a more opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Our Lord, we're thankful to know that you know us. Help us to see uh, how we are alike, both in our tempting and overcoming. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, when you first read this, I don't know if you, if you thought about it or not, but it always strikes me when I read this that it's the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity that leads Jesus into the wilderness. I can't help but imagine that we might be alarmed by, by, by that fact. We may be alarmed about the fact of temptation, as distressing as evil is, but it is even more so because this is the first thing, this wilderness experience that the blessed Son of God encounters as he begins his ministry. 
Now I have stood in uh, the outskirts of the wilderness and looked at it on a trip and I will tell you that the Judean wilderness is truly a God-forsaken place. Uh, you who have the internet also go to Google and Google Earth it and look at the pictures of it. It resembles more a lunar landscape than an earth or earthen one. And we can easily understand, I believe, that the devil might be encamped there. It sure looks like a place where the devil would be. But why the Holy Spirit would lead the exalted Son of God there for not one day, but 40 days is almost incomprehensible for us. And not only is he led there, but he, he, he doesn't just pass through the wilderness. He, he becomes thirsty and hungry and tempted. All the things that we've experienced. The Son of God, thirsty, and hungry and tempted. You know, to, nowadays I think that none of us really understand what it means to be hungry. Very few of us understand what it means to be thirsty. Now we do understand what it means to be tempted. But most of us have never really been hungry, that type of hunger. I, I can remember uh, tales from my grandparents who've all passed on now, but talking about the days of the Depression. But one of the things they would tell over and over and over is that they didn't go hungry. You see, they didn't go hungry because they could grow their own food and they would share, even to strangers who would show up on their back steps, they would share their food. And I come to learn as I've traveled around this state in different appointments that it doesn't matter what the land is like, it will grow something. A swamp land will grow a really good sweet potato, I can tell you. And up here in the rocky land, uh, uh, you can grow a good Irish potato. But there is a wilderness which most of us have not experienced. Well, there's not much that grows there that's edible, especially that Judean wilderness. About the only thing that grows there is lots of stones. And I think temptation. But I'm here to tell you today that there is good news in this passage. There is good news in the thought that Jesus was tempted. There is. There is good news that Jesus was tempted. Because you see, the fact that Jesus was tempted means that you are not spiritually or morally inferior. You are not less than faithful because you experience temptation. Now listen to that again. You see, you are not spiritually or morally inferior. You are not less than faithful because you experience temptation because of what Jesus experienced. Now most temptation falls in about three categories and you can roughly uh, divvy it up that way and they roughly match what happened to Jesus. First, there's physical temptations. These are the urges uh, where we have that says we must satisfy whatever it is we want, whatever we lust after, it must be satisfied regardless of how we get it. That's the physical temptations. Then there are emotional temptations. These are the temptations to indulge uh, our, our ego to be the center of things. To be, to, a narcissism is a good word for that. To, it's to receive the attention that you feel that you deserve over and beyond what anybody else might deserve. In other words, you should be the center of attention. And then there are spiritual temptations. 
These are the temptations to dare God to prove Himself to us. To say, God, do this or that. Or God, give me a sign. You see, these are temptations to dare God to prove Himself to us. And if you'll think about the temptations you just heard that the devil did, they all fall in one of those categories. Temptation always comes to us shrouded, I believe, in plausibility and attractiveness. Now think about it. I don't think temptation comes to us as clear-cut decisions between good and evil. I believe just like Jesus, we face everyday situations in which, in, in, in which the choice is not between good and evil, but between what is hard and between what is easy. To be tempted is to accept without question what appears natural, what appears easy, but it's really a temptation. For example, food when hungry, water when thirsty. Didn't we just hear those temptations? Lust when lonely, impatience and rudeness when dealing with those paid to serve, hatefulness when dealing with those who contradict you. All these things seem natural. All these things are common. All these things tempted Jesus to. Listen again to the tempter. You are hungry, Jesus, so just do what comes naturally to you. You're getting ready to go do all these miracles anyway all around the Sea of Galilee. Just go ahead and make some bread out of these stones. Go ahead. Satisfy your hunger. Use the advantages that you have for your personal advantage. You see that temptation? Listen to the other one. Jesus, you want to change the world. You want to see justice done. You want to set things right. So all you have to do is bow down before me because I'm the prince of the earth. God the Father has let me be that for now. So if you bow down to me, you can have whatever you want, but you just have to bow down to me. Or how about this one? Jesus, your plans will sell a whole lot better and easier if people can see right away how special you are. Oh, you're so special. Let the angels carry you. Let them go ahead and carry you in front of the scribes and the Pharisees and into the temple. Let them go ahead and do that now. Then you won't have to waste a whole lot of time, you know, walking all around the Galilee teaching people, trying to prove yourself or convincing people to follow you. Temptation is the easy road. But resisting temptation, believe it or not, I'm here to tell you that it's just as easy. You see, what Jesus simply did was draw from his heart the Word of God and speak it in the midst of temptation. If you're listening closely, if you had a Bible that has annotations in it, you will notice that all Jesus did was read Scripture Repeat the scripture back to the evil one. One does not live by bread alone. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. All Jesus did was speak the truth of God's word in the face of the lies of temptation of the devil. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important in our children's areas and ministries, Sunday school and so forth, that the children learn memory verses. I too, do believe that it's something, it ought to really be part of every curriculum, no matter what age you are. 
is to learn that memory verse that can help you in times of distress and trouble, that you can speak out in times of temptation. You, you may re think about this a minute in terms of the Adam and Eve. You see, this is something that Adam could not do. He could not speak out the truth of God's Word. Oh, he had it too. God had told him what he should do and what he should not do. But instead, he gave an excuse and he blamed someone else. But Jesus resisted successfully. And now that same spirit of Jesus resides in all who believe. Which means to me that we all have this same power to overcome that Jesus had. You know, Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. Jesus knows how easy it is for us to close our eyes to things around us that we should be fighting or, or working for. He knows how easy it is for us to close our heart to those close to us or who live nearby. He knows how easy it is for us to look for a quick fix, an easy road of temptation. He knows how hard it is for us to stay on that hard road, that right road. But because Jesus knows, you see, us better than we do, and because Jesus has experienced the same temptations that we will, he stands ready to help us. He stands ready to help us. All we need to do is call upon him to speak out the word of God in the face of temptation or in the face of whatever it is that's an easy road for us. You know, I believe that at the end of our days, God will not ask us if we did wrong. I don't think he'll ask us if we've been tempted because God knows that we will have done wrong and we will have been tempted somewhere along our walk. I believe that God instead will ask us if we learned. Did we learn from our experience? Did we learn from this journey we're on to the cross? Did we learn? Did we learn how to sing a new song, how to play a new tune, how to live a new life with the instrument of our life? Have we, will we be, learn? and make something out of this experience and continue in the right direction. In other words, I believe the Father will ask us if we walk the wilderness road in the same direction that Jesus walked it. And if we have, and we happen to have stumbled, and we happen to have fallen once in a while along the way, then that's okay. It really is. That's some more good news I want to share with you today. It's okay because you'll end up in the right place. And you'll stand before God, I believe, who at that time will bandage up your wounds, will wipe away the tears of your eyes, and welcome you to the kingdom. Because God will know that you have followed on the wilderness road in the right direction that brought you home. And I really believe that's all that God expects of us. But remember, remember that you can resist anything you need to resist simply by speaking out the word of God into it. So I offer this good news to you as we begin our Lenten journey, as we go to the cross, into the tomb of death, and hopefully out again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord...